And hello, welcome back to the Age of Empires Definitive Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Lazero, and I'm joined by Egg today. Eggs, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. Nice to be back on, Lazero. Very excited <laughs> to talk about Age of Empires, and I uh, promise not to watch the T90 stream in the background. <laughs> all good, all good. I mean, that is where it's at currently. Um, I think Age of Empires is, is kind of has its lull points in the month, right? And then... Oh, there's the next big tournament. That's kind of that's kind of how it flows a little bit, I would say. Um, yeah, we, we have a couple things I'd like to talk about. Maybe the first one, uh, just very off the top, very quickly. Uh, I think you posted this in our Discord as well for those interested. Um, but it's kind of a link to the AOE Zone like tournaments if people are interested in joining tournaments more than anything, trying it out, all those things. Uh, so I'll probably link that uh, in in there as well. Um, that's how you kind of found some of these tournaments or was it like through friends for you when you, when you kind of started playing these tournaments? So these tournaments come for me through the discords that I'm part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, I actually started out on the T90 server and I made a bunch of friends and we started playing together. Then I started kind of ranking up and getting better. Once mm-hmm. I reached a certain point, some of my friends started recruiting me um, as a stand in <laughs> as a, as a kind of backup player um so i play with a, a stack and we're all kind of similar level around 1700 um the latest tournament we're going to be playing for in is this snowfall masters tournament again that's kind of advertised on aoe zone different brackets mm-hmm. um so there's the the top one's the elite which is 1900 plus which we're not entering where the division below which is the middleweight which is kind of 1500 to 1900 but there's also welterweight and then the, the undercard so that's you're kind of 1k players so everyone can kind of get in um there's prize money for each bracket so mm. it's a chance um to kind of develop your skills play with a team uh it's all on the same map which is a special map that's been created for the tournament this Snowfort map which is kind of like a it's similar to arabia <laughs> but it's not arabia that, that's kind of i don't know i mean i don't think it's fair to say but i feel like when when aoe uh, when the developers of AOE don't want to be yelled at by the competitive player base, they're like, let's make it Arabia, but like slightly different. That is, that is their go-to plan. Oh yeah. I think, well, I think a lot of people are not happy with Arabia. So oh, like okay. the default <laughs> Arabia as it comes is not a competitive map. So when you have, I mean, don't get me wrong, like the late, like when T90 does tournaments, the map is called Arabia, but it's not the Arabia that comes with the game by default. It's a custom, specially made, more competitive version of Arabia that avoids... What's, what's the differences, if I may ask? From Yeah, so there's a lot of compa- uh, complaints about Arabia as it comes in the... Um... Default version. Yeah, so consistency in generations. So you can get your sheep to spawn really far away from your base, which uh... obviously makes you very open to laming. Yeah. It's also kind of how open and closed the map is. So you can have ridiculous generations. Like I was playing a team game yesterday and uh, playing with a guy called Alfred the Average and he generated and even zoomed out in his screen. He had no wood lines. He was literally in a <laughs> desert with no way to oh wall. Boy. He didn't even try to wall. So very occasionally you can get ridiculous generations. So for competitive play, they have custom versions of the maps made. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, just just to make sure there's like that fair factor, I guess, more than anything. Yeah. I won't uh, share my thoughts about the snow fort because we're going to keep that secret. 
Um, <laughs> I might share them after with the tournament's finished. We've uh, we've all taken fun. a look at the map and come up with some strategies. But as I said, that one's a uh, I'm going to keep that close knit for now. I, I look forward to kind of hearing once the tournament's done uh, some of your thoughts on it. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess. It's kind of that weird in between where if you're the tournament, you kind of organize and choose the maps you want, edit it in how how you want it, and then there's the maps everyone plays on ranked ladder. So, uh, I guess practice is not the same if you don't have the like top players that you're practicing with. If you're you're a pro or semi pro or what have you, um, definitely interesting. So, like, it that's even weirder to me though because I feel like if there is some like set competitive mode or type of version of the map. Why won't you know developers just implement that? Put that in the ranked pool. It's a good question. I think it's something that they would, we would, we would all like to see the developers create an aim Age of Empires two to be a more competitive game. Uh, at present, it has a lot of issues. One of you know random crashes is one. The fact that you can't, <laughs> if you disconnect from the internet, you drop from the game. So there's no way to reconnect. And I've seen that in competition in show matches where people with not so consistent internet for whatever reason uh maybe they're in vietnam and they just drop from the game and you have to do a rehost so you just start the game again from so it's not set up <laughs> to be the competitive game we all want it to be so we have to kind of do workarounds yeah most uh you know most games will give you i mean disconnects are tough because if it really is disconnected like you should have like 30 seconds or a minute, but there is something to be said. It's like if someone... Oh, you should be able to pause and then be able to reconnect in a competitive, you know, in a, in a tournament. In a tournament especially. Yeah, 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 you pause. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't wait forever. I get it if you're in a ranked queue. But in a tournament context, you just pause and you wait um, for the reconnect. But there is no reconnect option. Mm. You, once you drop, that's it. You, there's no way to get that's... back into the game. You rehost. So it's not set up as we would all like it to be. Yeah, that that I agree that that does not that's not ideal. Um, and this is, I guess, the the kind of the qualms or the difficulties when you're we're looking at a game that in in some ways is backed by a very big company, like a very good company to be backed by. So that's why I'm not as apprehensive about its future because it's it is supported. But the the drawback is because the game is a little smaller. Uh, those like quality of life or just you know tournament specific things are just not looked at. I feel. No, it. I think the issue is they're working with a twenty-year-old code base, <laughs> and yeah, realistically, what I would love to see happen is the game gets remade from scratch. But I uh, doubt they would do that because there's a lot of kind of built-in spaghetti code issues, I believe. <laughs> and every time they update something, something else breaks in the game. You know, pathing is a massive thing that everyone complains about the way that the units path. Um, as I, I guess said, more it, than mm -hmm. it's uh, we put up with it because it's a game we love, <laughs> right? Any other I, game, you just uninstall it and find a new one. But for Age of Empires, we all love it so much. You know what? If it's really buggy and it crashes, we're just going to keep on playing it. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, it's like I would love for that to happen, right? Have this redesign, have this built from the ground up. But I don't think any company would. No, well, the dream for me is that Age of Empires 4 is <laughs> just more <Haley> like two. <laughs> Age of Empires 2.5. I, like like I like 2.5, you know. It's just, it's just a better, less, you know, confusing Age of Empires. Or less, sorry, less spaghetti code Age of Empires. Yeah, I just want units to path correctly, 
to have a sensible working user interface would be a start. The new <laughs> the user interface is dreadful. To be able to reconnect to games, so you can just pause and you can wait for the reconnect. Cool. And, yeah, and not to randomly crash. The gameplay I mean, is great. <laughs> yeah, the gameplay is, is great. And I think that's one thing that's been keeping me um, very much attached to this game. And I think I have... I have like an itch that it definitely scratches from time to time. I think it's actually replaced um, StarCraft 2 when it comes to for me for like the RTS, you know, practice. It's kind of like the game that, that if, if I were to choose one of the two, I'm usually going to choose AOE. Um, and I think that's pretty cool because honestly that, that, you know, before that would be unheard of. Um, and I think another aspect that I really like about it is the fact that I am so bad, you know, like... There's a certain for me when when I when I play StarCraft 2, there's a certain thing where it's like, you know, I go back five years and like all the all the synapses in my brain start to fire and they tell me, you know, oh, this is what you have to do. And everything like clicks. Right. Um, and I think more than anything, I, I really like learning new things about the game specifically. Uh, I know you were asking whether I'm still just playing Lithuanians. I know that was something you want to ask. Oh, I'm glad you brought up StarCraft 2 because I've brought to my attention there's a new player on the scene and it's a guy called marine lord oh boy now i believe okay. he's an old or he's an ex starcraft 2 player but he's been playing in well we'll, we'll talk about it later but he was playing in the hidden cup for quality. okay yeah we'll talk we'll talk about hidden cup later we'll leave that but i i yeah. do yeah we'll, we'll keep that in the back of our brains um i'm still playing lithuanians and the reason for this is well one i think I think I kind of want to make a series of kind of, you know, videos, you know, once again, why do I make videos in some ways more than anything, especially, uh, you know, so early on in, in content creation is to force myself to do things that I think is interesting, but sometimes are harder to force yourself to do unless you kind of have this other purpose as well. Um, but I, I've always wanted to do a thing where I kind of go through every civilization and kind of learn, you know, basic ideas and a basic build and a basic way how to play that civilization. That's always something I want to try. That's um, the first thing I did when I when I started playing DE, um, obviously the definitive edition. I made sure I played one game on each Civ, just to start out, just to understand the Civs. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, and I think the way I'd do it is I'd take at least two weeks per per Civ. Like I'd actually give myself some time to familiarize myself and memorize at least like a build or like some idea of like, okay, this you know this is what I should be building towards with this Civ. And, you know, this Civ can go into late game where this Civ kind of needs to attack early. Um, some of those those things. Um, because I think what I realized playing Lithuanians this much is the only Civ I know how to counter really well is Lithuanians. <laughs> because... Absolutely. It takes a long time to understand. You've not only got to understand your Civ and how it scales into the late game, but you've got to understand all the matchups. How does it face up against the other, you know, 35 Civs in the pool? Yeah, yeah. So, so with that in mind, uh, I think I think there will be a time I switch. Right now, though, I'm I'm happy just just because you know it's it's also like game time, play time that that you have in the game. Uh, I think no, I think learning new civs is some of the most fun that you have is kind of figuring out what works with that civ and all those things. So I do enjoy that. But currently, um, not not a focus that I have. But if I make this series in the future, uh, this possibility of uh, me focusing in on that and having fun with that. Um, anyway, 
yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty much playing the Lithuanians. Other thing that I was doing, and this is one thing I did want to talk about, was I finally finished the first of the campaigns uh, where I am now a uh, British imperialist. I guess, yeah, I guess Edward that's what Longshanks. I've yep. <laughs> or um, Edward Longlegs, I suppose, as we uh, translate it into modern lingo. Yeah, I... It's funny that you were bringing that up and then totally that's what happened. You just, you're just, yeah, you just took over Scotland. Um, well, no, 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 not just Scotland, to be fair. <laughs> you also got a bit of Welsh action as well. Yeah, yeah, you, you took, yes, yes, you have the island. Um, that is what you've achieved. I guess it's an interesting thing to like think about of like why they choose certain campaigns or other ones. Um, I have a feeling there's also definitely like personal preference. Like I'm sure there's uh, when they choose an expansion, they wanted to have it themed. It was Lords of the West, right? So uh, with that in mind, like the civs are our Western civilizations. Um, and I mean, all expansions have kind of had these themes, but it's it's funny in Age of Empires that it's Lords of the West, but Lords of the West is kind of like the first base game <laughs> in some ways, right? Uh, I've got a theory. Uh, I've got a theory why they Okay, what's what's your thing. theory? What's your theory? Right. So my theory is so the developer on his lunch break, he likes to take the opportunity to go on Tinder and go on a few dates. My theory <laughs> is he firstly got rejected by a Welsh girl. And then he got rejected <laughs> by a Scottish girl. And now he's he's taking his op- opportunity to recreate campaigns in games to conquer um, wow. both both nations in order to make up for his love life. Amazing. Amazing. That's the working uh, theory. Yeah, let me talk about the final campaign, I guess the final mission more than anything. I I enjoyed it. It was it was fine, it was good. There is some feeling though and and I hate to say it, but like there is not enough surprises. Oh, I I I was very surprised. I, I felt completely... You obviously saw ahead a bit more than I did. I didn't really look too carefully at the player names. I probably should have had more suspicion of Robert the Bruce. Um, oh, I guess... Yeah, than okay. I did. Uh, yeah. Suddenly got backstabbed by uh, player three, the green player. <laughs> okay, okay. There was surprise... Okay, sorry. That's I, I guess that's not my point. I think... You know, and this is... It this feels is a bit I'll... linear, does it? Yes. Yes. Uh, it feels... And linear isn't necessarily bad, but I think if you are truly to to kind of mix up an RTS genre, the map can't stay a square. Ooh. So if you are actually... So this is like... Okay, so this is where I definitely prefer the StarCraft campaigns. And it's like, okay, yes, they have incredible... Uh, what's it? Gra- uh, cinematics, which, which definitely adds, which is definitely something that it could add right if there's like all of a sudden cutscenes or like things happening right um like imagine if, if if you know i think it'd help if if you know and this is you know me pipe dreaming here but i'd imagine help if like all of a sudden we'd have an interaction and then you know instead of them just kind of like saying these dialogue lines kind of like arbitrarily you know if you're if you're making this a game that you know would be appeal to more players not just rts players you know, when two like famous historical figures meet, you actually have this interaction and like uh, the graphics, and you kind of see it, and you, you see the actual cine- uh, cinematic of. Well, I think you're right. It's something we touched upon uh, on an episode, probably a couple of couple of episodes ago. Now, in the first campaign, you had the hero's journey, 
and then you had the conventional Age of Empires 2 on the second half of the mission. And I can definitely see where you're coming from in that, say, the later mission, especially Mission 5, is it is just a slugfest. There's no yeah. do it. You build your army and then you just defeat hordes of, uh, in this <laughs> case, um, Scotsmen. That That's how it plays out. I do like your out-of-the-box thinking about a different map shape. So it's, okay, I've never so thought about it. Let, let me put it this way, okay? If so there there are times in the campaign where you kind of have to walk to different places, right? Where you're but my my biggest problem with the setup of AoE2 is that it's still a standard map. So really you're just exploring the map. It's always okay? a square. It's always a square with with StarCraft and I will use StarCraft, right? You know, and I guess I guess they have some luxury because they're also like space and they can do random space things at times, you know what I mean? Like randomly something blows up and it affects the map, right? Um, oh, so like maybe a ter- that's it. volcano change. erupts. Volcano erupts in your town center. Your whole town center gets destroyed. Your one villager. And now you have to build from scratch. I don't know things you can things you can think of. But no, when it comes to the actual map design, is if they're walking through like this, like you know, like a set path, and you kind of have to like do some fancy things. Um, it will be a line, and you don't know what the general shape of the map will be. Like it can be a maze, it can be a line, but it kind of, it forces you into one area and then it gives you some new obstacles or some puzzles, right? Like you have to implement different types of game types that are so beyond RTS at times just to keep the campaigns from being so linear. So I think like, for instance, let's just say you have a hero character. I think it'd be really cool if, and you know, and you know, forgive me if, if the future expansion, like part of the expansion have this, but Versus, take your hero character, give them three abilities, right? And your hero character has to make it out, you know, out of a town, shall we say, okay? Or out of, out of a castle, and there's a whole bunch of walls, right? And you're fighting through these castles, and you have to use these abilities properly in order to make it through without dying, right? Um, and you'll have little puzzles, and you'll have guards walking back and forth, and you have to time it right. Like, you know what I mean? There's so much to do that's still RTS, still top-down. But you can include abilities. You can include um, this kind of a different play style where, okay, yes, you can fall back on a mission that's like a general RTS mission. But you you know focus in on a single uh, historical figure. Focus in on like a, a mission mission, a small mission where it's like little puzzles to solve. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's my point. It's something it's- I never thought about, and I think you're right. I think the fundamental shape of the map in Age of Empires 2 and I'm not sure they're able to change it because, of, as we talked about, spaghetti code, really old code base. It really does limit the missions and it really does limit the campaigns. Um, now, you got me thinking, what would happen? And obviously, I'm always thinking about the competitive scene. If we had a circular map, we, we never have a circular map. It's always a square and I've never questioned it. But if we had a circular map, it would fundamentally change the game. Yes, I agree, but I'm not so worried about the competitive scene. Because ultimately, like, yes, it would change the game, but I don't think it would change it as much as you think. Like, oh, I don't know. There's there's a a bunch of things that really, really depend on having a square map. So one thing, when you set up trade, you set it up between Uh, two corners. Yes. Always. You have markets in one. You you wall the map so that you secure two corners and then you set up trade between those two corners and run a straight line. If you've got a circular map, you can't do that. I guess that's right. I guess that's right. Now, this is I mean, this the, is purely like this blue sky thinking. But what if Age of Empires Four has a circular map? <laughs> then the competitive scene is going to look, I think, very, very different. 
And for me, it's actually quite exciting. I'd, I'd love to give it a go if it was, if it was a, a possibility. I suppose, in a sense, it's a lot like the map Socotra. So mm. Socotra is a circular map, but it's very kind of confined. It's very small. So they all they've done is they created a circle in the middle of a square map, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Like, I mean, you could artificially just uh, put terrain that no one can go by and make a circular map, right, in theory. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I guess circling, my circling point... back to the... To the... <laughs> avoiding my thinking about the uh, competitive scene. So no, 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 I, actually wanted to, I actually wanted to talk about that though. Cause like for whatever reason, I'm totally fine with competitive being the same thing over and over again, because player creativity is the creative thing in, in that situation. Sure. It's consistency it's, and the pros need a, a consistent set of set of conditions in order to show off their skills, I suppose. Yeah. And like they'll iterate on it and there'll be slight changes, but if you do too much, it can get to a point where it's like, okay, well, there, um, whoever figures out this weird style map first will win always on this weird style map, uh, which which is good. I guess, I guess I guess I'm not as concerned with with with. I think when you play a competitive game one on one, your goal is to build up your skill and see if your skill and your thinking can outthink your opponent. Right. Sure, and um, in a lot of ways, it's a test. In a lot of ways, you're playing against yourself. Yes. Right, it's your mistakes and your weaknesses that you're trying to overcome and beat. And I think that's yes. a good mentality to have. Like, if you're always just thinking about beating your opponent, it can be kind of quite toxic and feel. But actually, fundamentally, it's about you and yourself and overcoming, say, your limitations, really. Yeah, and practice and all those things can help to, 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 to get you on that next level to beat more opponents. But... I think the difference is the reason I'm talking about different shapes of the map or different styles of gameplay or having these hero characters in those campaign missions where they're not just like, okay, it's like a hero character that's kind of part of it. And it's like, no, I want I want this king to be able to take down 300, you know, even if it's not like all too realistic. That's something they did a lot more in Age of Mythology, which mm. I suppose in a sense was kind of the sequel to Age of Empires 2, is that you got these hero class units that had powers. Yeah. So they did like they had a guy called Ar- yeah. Arkantos or who's the Greek like this Greek hero character who had like a had like a charge meter and a special move. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think those special moves add for campaign specifically. And the reason I'm saying that is because campaign specifically, I want you to keep me interested and I want you to change it enough that it's not every campaign mission feels um like the base game even if the base base game is the best base game ever if i'm playing pv if i'm playing player versus like the computer right i want to have differentiation right sure and it doesn't need to be balanced right no that's a whole point hero yeah i don't need that hero to appear in the multiplayer game at all okay i don't need the abilities i don't need the I don't know, sneak out of a castle, right? Have like this whole whole map where you're just sneaking out of a castle, right? Like that could be a mission. These out-of-the-box ideas, I don't need implemented in the competitive version of the game. I just think they they could go a long way of really spicing up some of these campaigns where it's players who don't necessarily play RTS would be more intrigued or more interested in playing these campaigns instead of, you know, especially... Especially like as someone who doesn't play rts right like some of these campaign missions i'm like okay well now they halfway through this mission they have to be good enough to do all these things you know um 
I guess the I guess their assumption is that everyone is already like good enough to to, to beat these campaign missions. But yeah, uh, just I think that's the reason they give you a choice on the difficulty, right? That's true too. That's true. You can kind but, of scale it mm-hmm. to to how you want to take it. You know, are you competitive? Are you just purely along for the story and the ride? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so those are I guess my my things. It's like interesting not the same type of missions and that's what i meant by by all these ideas just things that make it feel a little less like this base game uh and and you know cinematics but cinematics is just a pipe dream uh <laughs> but i think it adds as well if, if someone's a story-based kind of campaign player so that's kind of my thoughts on on the missions yeah what, what did you, what did you uh, out of interest so at some point you have to de- defeat uh william wallace's army uh, with the English army, what was your unit composition? What did you go for in the end? Which 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 color was William Wallace's? Um, oh, so William okay. Wallace was a teal player, like player yes, yes. five. I think I went okay. So it was pretty much my composition for that particular army. I used trebs to get rid of the towers, uh, and then at some point I just had only longbowmen. <laughs> yes, that's the way you do it. The longbowmen spam. I love it. Not only that, I think there's like a line about long, like British longbowmen. Uh, at some, they point. just have ridiculous range. It, it's absurd. Um. So yeah, I, that's how I defeated that, and then I continued on. It. There was yeah, I think I think it was good from like a. There was always I kind of felt like there's like random waves attacking me at random times. So there was it was very busy. It was good and busy, but like. Yeah, that's my thing. There's a difference between like, okay, after I finish that mission, I'm like, I don't really want to start another mission where I'm going to do uh, just general things. I, I'd actually rather play competitive mode. So it, anyway, I, I'm going to digress on my things. It's, it's not that they're bad campaigns by any point. Um, I just think they're, and perhaps they're literally like you talked about, the spaghetti code is preventing them from being able to do anything more, which is totally fair. Totally, I understand. Um, but for me to really want to play the next campaigns, right? I don't have that inkling, right? I, I have more of an inkling to continue playing competitive and playing against people and seeing and you know trying to. No, we're not going to. Gonna, be, we're not going to see the Burgundian campaign from Euler Zero. I, you know what? I can we tempt you in? Well, to play give me, the Frenchies. Maybe yeah. Give me give me the okay. Definitely not this weekend, but maybe maybe next weekend I might start it. Uh, see how that goes. Um, yeah, yeah. I like, like I said, because of the fact I stream, it does kind of force me. But this was the thing that I feared is like, if there's no other pressure or other inkling to do it, Fire Me's like, oh no, I'd just rather play campaign. Or sorry, rather play competitive. <laughs> uh, not bad. I think there's a lot of creative things you could do. That That is my final thoughts on the, the first one. And historically, it was fun. It was kind of fun learning about some of the history type stuff. Um, I guess I guess that's what your interest is as well. Like when it comes to that, is uh, the the you know kind of I think it'd be really interesting to have someone who really researched that particular like person in history and kind of compared the campaign to the actual historical knowledge they had. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, well, I'm so lazy that I need every and all motivation I can. I'm very interested in history, just struggled to find the motivation. So anything to push me into it a bit more helps me, especially like video games films those kind of things i'm not going to sit down and read a textbook but something that makes it digestible for me uh i really do appreciate that and get into it for sure uh i think with that we'll we'll move on from the campaigns uh and we'll move into uh, i guess talking about tournaments in the hidden cup specifically 
Um, have you been following Egg? Uh, I think you mentioned Marine Lord. I'm kind of curious to talk about that for a bit. Yeah. So obviously, I think it was teased at the end of the after the finals of the World Cup, the two v two World Cup, and obviously with that nice trailer and everything. I obviously not been watching all of the qualifiers. I have been tuning in and out. To be honest with you, there's far too many qualifiers to watch them all. It's great if you're just like, hey, I need to sit down. I'd have 20 minutes. Let me watch a random part of this match. But yeah, there's too many games for you to just kind of sit there all day. <laughs> I can touch on a few. Um, so one I saw, again, part of the Team GB Discord, uh, top British player is a guy called Hallis. He was in the qualifiers. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't qualify playing against a very, very strong player, um, Chinese player called Say My Name. Um, one of the map, the match that I joined in was on a map that I wasn't familiar with. It's a map called Slopes. Um, to mm. paint the scene for the viewers, you've got a middle strip, and at the end of the strip are two the two players' TCs, and along the edges of the map, running between the two players, is this higher embankment. So there's, a, there's kind of a, quite a steep slope up, and that's why the map's called Slopes. Next to each player's TC, up the embankment either side, is kind of a pond with some fish and some deers. Mm. And this is a map we'll probably see quite a lot of. Um, so there's kind of certain sieves that are strong on that map. So one of them is Indians, um, because Indians take shorefish faster. And the mm. other is Mongols, because Mongols take deer faster. Uh, so it's quite interesting to see that play out. Um, I also watched Huang play on that map as well. Um, so... It's a fairly interesting map pool, as we touched upon. Like the first game's on Arabia, not the DEE Arabia, but kind of a custom version of it. Um, the second map's uh, one called Bay, and that has about half the map between the players is a big pond um, to the one side, touching the edge of the map with mm-hmm. kind of shorefish and that kind of thing. And then the other side is a very resource-rich map. So you kind of have a choice between taking water control and taking map control. So again, that's another one. So kind of watch out for, kind of get interested in. It'll be interesting to see what players, you know, kind of take, what maps, those kind of things. Um, so that's something I've been watching. As I said, I was watching the T90 stream um, just before <laughs> I came in here watching, you know, another another one of the qualifiers, um, which was Vinchester playing on that. He actually drafted the Sicilians, which I thought was weird because the consensus at the moment is Sicilians are, pretty pretty bad honestly <laughs> um but it's so interesting to see it play out oh for sure for sure and and specifically marine lord if i may do how do you ha- how is he faring in all these so marine lord didn't do well he lost to a player called heart heart is very good heart probably will say top 20 um peruvian player i believe um i also caught marine lord stream unfortunately it's all in french uh, uh, so <laughs> that's something to kind of miss out for. He's playing very well. I think he's not been playing Age of Empires that long. Obviously, he's moved over from StarCraft. Um, he's very fast. He has that going for him. I think probably with more time and more experience in the game, we'll see his uh, performance continue to improve. And then hopefully, you know, Hidden Cup 5 comes around, that kind of thing. Um, should be interesting, really, to see how that plays out. Uh, for sure, yeah. No, I... I think Marine Lord is a good StarCraft player. I don't think like there are certain players that I would be like, if they joined, I'd be like, I don't know. 
you know like there are certain work ethics and, and players that just are that quality where you're like i have no idea if if anyone could stop him but uh marine lord is good but he's not he's not that good uh for me to feel and especially you like, think it's the case that he couldn't make it in the starcraft scene so he's decided to jump ship like he he is a you know uh he feels like a player that is definitely very good but he's not like a top you know prize earner either right he's someone that i feel like with starcraft is is in the top echelon but not not like okay marine lord's just gonna take everyone you know take everyone out uh yeah i think there's certain players i'd be really excited for marine lord is not one of those names uh, i'm gonna be honest on <laughs> on my end here uh i think it's really cool kind of see someone try a new game and see how they do um no it's you know, there there are certain players that like like just imagine uh, the original Flash right from StarCraft One, like that would be super exciting for me to see how he transitioned, especially a game like this where Age of Empires. I think the amount of stuff you can do, the better, the more stuff you can do, the real the more really helps out. So I think he'd be one of the scariest players as well. Um, and then in StarCraft Two, I guess you know big names that I want to see is maybe some of the top Korean pro players. Uh, if they transitioned over, uh, I think they'd be quite scary um but otherwise yeah i i we'll see if there's any more people that 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 jump 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 over but uh my suspicion is they come (laughs) in with very good micro mechanics but Mm. i think the understanding of the game is what takes a long time and the experience to what to do in what situation the decisions to make i think that's what would take and but don't get me wrong i think if they were playing full-time for a year you could see them get to the the top levels, and I think Viper said something similar. I I agree, right? Because like at some point, it, it'd be it'd be almost like a reverse thing that most players have to do. Um, because I think most players have to get their mechanics up, especially when they like start really trying to be competitive at Age of Empires. Is like hockey's and all that stuff, right? Being able to do more stuff, but for a lot of these StarCraft players, it it would be, um more about okay i need to you know figure out what 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 how this game works you know (laughs) what are the concepts what are the big ideas um yeah so so i guess you know to that point uh yeah i think it's i think it's uh, interesting but no i i make no qualms like you know yes age of empires is a smaller community but I think there is like a year, two years, sometimes even three years it takes some of the players to really fully understand the game at that highest level. Um, Cyril is someone, you know, who you saw kind of play. That would be a very scary person. Yeah, we saw that in the, like an interim on the 2v2 World Cup, right? We yeah, saw yeah. Cyril and then I forget his name, the Italian yes, StarCraft uh, 2 player as well, which is interesting. He, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh Rainer, Rainer, Rainer's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, those are all players that, uh, yeah, I, I would not want to face. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I think Sarah, like, is a scary, but it's like, you know, why would Sarah leave StarCraft right now? Right. Like, so can I just give some back, like, background context, if I may, here for a little bit? Please. Um, Sarah, is the first player not from Korea to have won a BlizzCon. So like the World Cup, like the World Championship. 
Um, so he's someone that it took nine years. And he's the first player not from Korea to win it. And he had a streak of just not losing pretty much any game for a year uh, wow. in 2019. So that is... Is that, is that not losing any tournament game? Or is that not losing any kind of ranked game? A tournament, tournament. Like, it was it was something ridiculous. It was something like 90%. Like, it was something just absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, yeah. And what's I, his secret? Uh, and what was he taking? Can I get some? There's two things to these players. So both Rainer and Cyril is that they are the youngest players. Like, so these are people who are like, I think Cyril's now probably like, what, 22? But he's been playing the game since it launched. Right? So this is someone right. who's been playing since they were like 13. Is that the math? 14? Uh, yeah. So these are people who essentially didn't stop and that's why they're so good in that game. Like you look at Sarah play, he, he, he does about like most StarCraft 2 players will do an average of what? 300 actions per minute, shall we say? Yep. On average, he's doing about 600. Like That's it, crazy. <laughs> like it's, I'm fairly interested in... Uh... In APM, actually, I've had mine measured, and um, like it, it, anyone can do it. You just download. I think it's called Desktop APM, is what a lot of people are using, and it kind of tracks your APM in a given application. Yeah, no. So I, I think it's uh, yeah. He he is a player that I would be very. But no one, no one is up to six hundred in age. I don't think. So Viper, when he's on stream, it has an APM counter, and his is yeah. usually around three fifty. To 450. Um, yeah. I'm maybe average. I maybe average around 180. Mm. So I'm nowhere as kind of quick as these as these top guys are. I know kind of hair is really quick as well. Um, something a lot of people have been talking about recently though is effective APM. So oh yes, yes. yes um, now I'm going to forget the name of the website. I think it's called you know it's called AOE Insights. So if you put that into Google, you can do it. What AOE Insights does is you can pick any of the games you played. So you just put in the username of a player and then it will analyze that game for you and it will tell you your uh, effective APM along with a, a bunch of other statistics about the game. Yeah, and that's essentially to like people who are just spamming. Like some people will click in the same spot 300 times. Exactly. So I think it only tracks actions that have an impact on the game. So you yes. looking... At control groups or repeatedly spamming control groups because it's not a movement command it's not an attack command it's not a create a unit command that doesn't count towards your effective apm yeah that makes sense yeah you know effective apm was also introduced in starcraft i think the difference the one thing that i do like about starcraft is that all those things are in game right yes we could do with a lot more stats in age <laughs> and you see it so part of the thing is because the developers are not supporting the game to the extent that people would like, people are creating a lot of third-party tools. Uh, yeah, yeah. So one well, of them is called Capture Age, which is what they... Um, so T90, when he shows replays or he casts a game, he's not showing it in-game. He's using Capture Age because it gives you extra statistics and those kind of things. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. Yeah, I think... Yeah, so I think... I mean, those that's such so tough, right? Like... StarCraft is now at the point where the developer has stopped doing all this stuff, but because of the you know ten years they 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 kind of developed like there was a third party 
kind of camera scheme or like way of looking at the game, like like the camera setup or, or uh, overlay setup that everyone started to use, like all the tournaments started to use, like in 2013 or something. And eventually they just implemented it in the game pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's definitely nice to have, to have that those uh, nice perks. Um, how long are the Hidden Club qualifiers happening? That's one thing I, I would like to ask as well. Um, like, so I think we're getting to the main tournament. <laughs> right. So I've looked at. So the main tournament starts on the 18th of March, which is a Thursday, okay. and it runs for four days um, until the Sunday. So mm. and I think up until that point the qualifiers continue and the point is in the there's in the actual tournament there'll be 16 players eight of which have already been invited and eight of which are trying to qualify this is probably the biggest age of empires tournament there is for this year mm-hmm. uh it's got a pr- prize pool of i'm looking now fifty-seven thousand yeah yeah dollars that. that's crazy um and so everybody who's anyone in the kind of age of empires to scene wants to have a chance. Um, so that's why the qualifiers are running for so long. Uh, exactly how many players are there? I'm looking at the um, the tree diagrams right now, and it's <laughs> a lot. I say anyone who's anyone, I think 64 people are trying to qualify for eight slots. So it takes a while, and they're all playing best of fives, I believe. It's best of fives for the qualifiers, and then... Um, no, it's actually for the round of six, even for the so round of 32 qualifiers, it's a best of five. So it's, and then for the round of 16 qualifiers, it's a best of seven. So there's <laughs> a lot of qualifiers to go. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, I think, I think we have a general idea. I think once the main tournament happens and we, we talk about it, uh, that's where we'll really get into the tournaments the games themselves. I feel, uh, cause we'll catch up or, um, I think I think there's definitely when when you have those big players, I think there's definitely a lot more interest as well in it. Um, but I think I think that's kind of where we'll call it. Uh, is there any any last final topics or things you want to talk about here? Yeah, I uh, want to know why you didn't ask me why I didn't qualify as zero. Shows you what high esteem you've got of me. I did you did you play in the tournament? No, I'm not. I'm not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a decent uh, player. I'm I'm probably as I said, I view myself as like the bracket below. The, the top That's tier of the Age of Empires 2, as I say, when we're doing the divisions for that new tournament I'm playing in, I'm the bracket below the elite one, you know, so got something going for me. Um, but no, I wouldn't I wouldn't even dream of trying to qualify for it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, this is uh, it's it's fun. Um, I think we'll yeah, we'll end here. Uh, thank you so much, everyone who who has joined us. Um, I think we're going to try to stick to a every two week schedule. Um, I think that's best in general. Uh, and yeah, once again, I'm going to make this promise, but uh, I promise that there is no, that we're going to be consistently inconsistent. So um, I think people have been really enjoying our show. So I'm very grateful for that. A couple of people have joined the discord as well, which is very nice. Um, it hasn't, we haven't really, really been push, pushing it or, or, I think you know the, the reality is is if if all my focus was in there we'd organized you know maybe like uh game night type things or like mini tournaments or I I think at some point I'd like to play against Chris I think that'd be funny to do like a stream for that and stuff but um right now right now we're very much just in okay let's just have a regular a somewhat regular show out 
so I would appreciate uh, everyone's uh, enjoyment of the show and thanks and people people finding uh, our show and uh, telling us good work. It makes makes me feel good. I don't know about Egg, but um, uh, I enjoy it. So uh, for myself, Egg, and, and Chris, who's not with us at the moment, uh, I hope all of you have a great kind of rest of the week. I hope, uh, hope you're enjoying Age of Empires. Uh, maybe maybe Egg can tell us a little bit more about the uh, some of the smaller tournaments he's participating in in the next episode. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, and yeah, we'll say goodbye here. Bye-bye.